This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Can I just say that I absolutely love the book The Tiger Who Came to Tea? Brilliant animation version as well that came out the other Christmas. Here's the song. Hey there, tiger, glad you called. Come on in. Robbie Williams. There's lots of biscuits in the biscuit tin. Written by Judith Kerr. Put on your smile and let the fun begin. Today won't come around. So 1968, again. it came out. Iconic art. You know the story. If you know, Spoiler alert. This tiger turns up. Massive tiger. Uh, eats a family out of house and home. Drinks all the water in the tap. The little girl Sophie can't have a bath. And then they all go to a cafe at the That's end. That's right. It's, it's a brilliant story. Uh, all of my daughters absolutely love it. And I just think it's fantastic. We went into a Waterstones at the weekend in Salisbury and there was a whole, like, wall dedicated to the tiger that came to tea. Uh, I just thought it's amazing that still all these years on, people love it. However, it's crying out for a sequel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, like you say, it came out in 1968. If this was Disney, they'd have 120 films by yeah. now. Do you know what I mean? So maybe your day today could be the inspiration for the next thing that the tiger does. So do us a little favour. Next little hour or so on the Hometime Show... Put what you've done already today after the Tiger Who, dot, 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 and maybe create the next book. The Tiger Who Changed the Bedsheets. And if you want to talk about off-air? <laughs> well, it's not happening again, is it? A little boy came into bed at 1am this morning and then proceeded to wet the bed. Uh, so I've had to change all the bed sheets, wash them, dry them, before then leaving for work at lunchtime. It was like a laundrette this morning. But imagine you walk past a, a book that's called The Tiger Had to Change the Bed Sheets. You'd have to, you'd have to thumb through it and at least find out what happened. <laughs> yeah. It'd pique your curiosity, it wouldn't it? It certainly would. Uh, Tricky says the tiger that sat in the car for an hour updating the out-of-date sat-nav. <laughs> It's a hard read, but it's worth it at the end. Uh, Dan Jordan says, the tiger that went to a children's gravity trampoline party. So, <laughs> your day could be the inspiration. Brian says, the tiger who got arrested for being topless in Matalan. I don't think that one's going to make it through to the publishers, thanks. Uh, Paul has put forward the tiger who travelled from Nottingham to Kent. Now, you see, that's oh. a, that, that journey would be a story. And what what way is that? What, what kind of route is he doing? Well, he's doing the M1. So he's M1, doing, right, yeah. He's doing M25. Then, of course, depends what part of Kent he's off to, really, doesn't it? Well, this is it. I mean, it's almost choose your own adventure. And then you've got uh, another sequel to that once he gets to Kent. The tiger who went to Kent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Want to be careful how you say that. Yes. Uh, Jojo says the tiger who vacuumed the stairs. These are great. Possibly could be the next book. Uh, Neil has put forward a suggestion that isn't just uh, his day-to-day, but it sounds like the last couple of weeks. The tiger who watched every game in the World Cup. I like people who have done stuff like that. <laughs> See if you can keep it going. Uh, this one here, no name, says the tiger whose car passed its MOT with no advisories. Yes. Bit of boasting there. Uh, we've got Dave on the line. Dave, would your day-to-day be a good inspiration for the next book? Um, well, I got up this morning nice and early to to leave for work, uh, bin belt, went in to get me sandwiches, um, only for the wife to tell me you can put the bins back in because it's tomorrow. Wow, so what are we calling this? The tiger who put the bins out on the wrong day? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did you feel? Because that's quite embarrassing. It's quite humiliation streetwide uh, there oh, that no, you've done I love that. It. I, I, I listen to your shows and all of Absolute. I love it. So. You can't embarrass me. <laughs> but the other side, the other side of it, Dave, isn't just embarrassment. It's also anger because there'll be other people that have seen you putting it out and thinking, yeah. "Oh, hang on, it's been day," and they'll rush out and put theirs out, and then they'll be like, "Hang on, what's that bloke on about at number 12? Idiot!" Yeah, you're never going to make it as bin captain now after that little no, shimmy. How do you know I live at number twelve? <laughs> oh, we we're all seeing, Dave. <laughs> oh, it's, like, it's really nice to speak to you. Take care, buddy, and, uh, and you, you? check the check the emails and the day of the week in the future. All right. Yes, I will do. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, we've got Jim on the line. Does it work for you, Jim, what you've done today? Uh, the tiger that gave blood today. 
Oh, wow. So you've been giving blood today. Good good basis for a story. Tell us how your, your experience was. Um, same as usual, mate. Yeah, we went there, sat, filled the form out, gave me blood, um, and then came home and came back to work. Do you, keep a, do you keep a record, Jim? Do you know how much blood you've given over the years? Um, well, you give a pint a time. I think that was my 11th donation, so I'll be looking at about 11 pints. So, Levels. like, one and a half people's worth, almost. Wow. Average Saturday night. For, it's Saturday yeah, night out for some night, people. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're average vampire. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think that's, that's how vampires talk about it? Like five, five pints <laughs> last night. feel a bit dicey today. Uh, and then, uh, biscuit-wise, did you get biscuits today? Yeah, I think I had three Kit Kats. No cups of tea anymore. You what? Because of COVID. No cups of tea, yeah, because of COVID, apparently. No, 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 no I don't care about that. <laughs> you get three Kit Kats three. for giving blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll like, get over me needle thing for that. So, are you talking yeah, yeah. three, like, proper, like, four-finger Kit Kats? No, 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 it was the multi-pack two-finger jobbies. So you got t- two fingers three times. If you just joined us, we're talking about what you had for <laughs> <Yeah>. the sweet... <laughs> That's amazing. But that's amazing six thing. in total. We were, we were talking about this the other day. We were thinking you're getting digestives, yeah. not not chocolate biscuits. Yeah, well, there was all, there was all the, um, the all the plain digestives and all the plain boring ones. I spied the Kit Kats in the back corner, so I uh, so I grabbed three of those before they got to He's a regular. He's a regular. Well, there you go. We'll <laughs> yeah. pass that on to Judith Kerr's people, the tiger who gave blood and had three two-finger Kit Kats. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, nice one. Cheers. The Daily Takeaway. Richie's daily takeaway. Uh, a little bit of fortune has fallen into the laps of Richie and I. And do you know what? After the charade of the Big Coat Protocol announcement, I feel like we need a, a bit of luck. I don't feel like luck often comes our way enough, to be quite frank. Try being an Everton fan as well, right? <laughs> but anyway, uh, Jason Manford is back on Sunday with the very first of his Christmas specials where he gets to try out a load of festive food. Uh, him and Steve can eat it so that you don't have to, or maybe that you do. Uh, there's an item that has arrived too late for them to be able to add it to their list, which means that Richie you know I've got it to taste. Uh, yeah, because quite simply, it's refrigerated and uh, it, it's not going to be in its perfect state for them this Sunday and uh, we want to do justice to it. So, to be quite frank with you, we've commandeered it. And what a thing it is. You've just taken it out of the box. It looks like the top of uh, a Pope's helmet. <laughs> From, like, the Middle Ages. That's exactly how Aldi describe it, actually. Uh, no, this is uh, the Aldi Chocolate Smash Dome Cake. They wow. describe it as a chocolate sponge filled and coated with dark chocolate ganache buttercream, topped with chocolate decorations and a Swiss milk chocolate dome. Now, uh, we didn't know what this was until we got it out of the box. I said, I'll, let's, I'll make some coffees, have coffees with it. Our producer, Adam, was like, no, I'm not sure this is going to go with a coffee. This is perfect with a coffee. <laughs> What's he talking about? perfect with a coffee. This is a man who doesn't drink hot drinks. Where's he giving advice from? Also, as well, uh, and this is more, says more about us than anything else, I feel like it's too good for us. Uh, uh, Do you know what I mean? That dessert's too good for me and you. I know what you're saying. We're, uh, we're flapjack, corner shop flapjack kind of guys. I'd like to encourage you on this occasion to reverse your thought process. <laughs> I wouldn't want to miss out. There is that. <laughs> so I think we need to, first of all, uh, remove the plastic collar. Which is easier said than done. How are we going to get into this? Well, I would have said, if it's called a chocolate smash dome cake, do you not just smash the dome? Stick your head in it. Yeah. It's like a massive Tunnock's tea cake, that's what it looks like. Do you want to give it a little whack with your spoon? Whoa, <laughs> right, this is a great game. Just going to make sure my spoon's clean because uh, yours didn't do the trick. Let's go again. I don't think that's coming apart like I that. I don't think that's coming apart like that, is it? Whoa, it came apart. Yes, it did. You just need to show a little bit more elbow grease. Wow, look at that. The dome's been punctured, and inside is, a, a, I would say, a conventional sponge cake, which is going to go perfect with, shall we say, cup of tea? Well, yeah, tea or cup a cof- of coffee. Cup of coffee, I think so. 
we shall enjoy. Thank you, Jason. The Daily Takeaway. Richie's Daily Takeaway. At the very start of the show, if you think back then, we were talking about uh, trying to come up with a sequel to The Tiger Who Came to Tea. All you need to do is put what you've done today after the words The Tiger Who, and maybe it might come up with something. Uh, for example, Knitted and Knotted on Twitter say, The Tiger Who Knitted Dave Grohl again. <laughs> that could work. <laughs> now, amongst the many, many, many of you that were getting in touch with uh, your sequels from your days, there were also many of you who were remembering the late, great Sean Locke uh, and his reading on on an episode of 8 Out of 10 Cats of his version of The Tiger Who Went for a Pint. Uh, So before we go off tonight, I think it would be remiss of us not to remember that version. There was once a tiger who fancied a pint. Not carling, of course. That was too weak and too gassy. (laughs) He wanted a pint that packs a punch like Stella or Cronenberg. was thirsty and needed something to wash down the zookeeper he'd just eaten. <laughs> he liked the atmosphere of Weatherspoons. Plus, he was barred from the king's head for mauling the darts team. <laughs> Tiger drank his pint quietly beside the quiz machine. Soon, what with the beer, fags and flame-grilled McCoys, <laughs> he'd spent all his money. <laughs> but he didn't half have a thirst on. <laughs> so, when George went to the cellar to flush out the strongbow line, <laughs> the tiger drank all the beer from all the kegs and all the rum they were saving for Caribbean night. <laughs> then he went to toilet on the bar. <laughs> Good evening from Absolute Radio, where we eagerly await news from Bush and Ritchie of the Home Time Show on the steps of the studios here in central London. I'm Emma Jones from the Dave Berry Breakfast Show, and like all of you, I'm wondering what we're about to hear regarding the 2022 Big Code Protocol. Weeks of dithering and procrastinating is not what we've come to expect from Bush and Ritchie, but it's what they've given us. It's resulted in loud calls to have their Big Code's authority received did from many quarters. Reports of cracks between the two of them have caused great concern from the hometown faithful. Well, it looks as though we're about to get an answer here. Bush and Richie are now stepping onto the makeshift podium. Let's hear what they've got to say. Thank you for gathering. We have a brief statement regarding the Big Coat Protocol. This evening, we can announce that the hometown Big Coat Protocol has been enacted. This means that it is now advised and indeed permitted uh, to wear puffers, parkers, trench coats and their like uh, rather than lighter jackets. Temperatures in the mornings and evenings are now close to freezing and listeners should only venture out in a coat that at the very least keeps their kidneys covered. While we are stood before you today, we'd also like to acknowledge that this year's decision process regarding the Big Coat Protocol has not been up to the standard that is expected of us in this show. We will ensure that the lifting of the restrictions in the new year is done at the earliest opportunity and that the HOBRA meetings leading up to that moment are conducted with great efficiency. Finally, and regretfully, it is also important to remind everybody today that the jurisdiction of the Big Coat Protocol lies with the Home Time Show and Home Time Show only. Here, here. Uh, we've become aware recently of dissenting voices that have tried to wrestle away authority. They have no mandate. They are charlatans. They are to be dismissed. 
This morning, our officers have made over 100 arrests in dawn raids, and those dissidents are now in our custody. Uh, thank you once again for your time this evening. We will not be taking any further questions at this moment. Well, some might say about time too, and I'd be one of them. There we have it. The big cope protocol has been enacted by the only two people who can. Whether it be under the stairs or up in the loft, wherever you keep your big coat, now is the time to wear it. I'm Emma Jones, and with that, it's now back to the real music that matters so very much here on Absolute Radio. thinking ahead of the big Christmas office party that we're holding here on Absolute Radio uh, this weekend. If the 80s was the essential Christmas time, what was part of an essential 80s Christmas for you? I ask this question because at home at the moment, got a bit of an 80s Christmas argument that's going on. Uh-huh. Main tree up in the lounge... A reserve tree has gone up in the kitchen. Reserve tree? Res- Someone's doing right for themselves. <laughs> oh, it's it's tiny. It wouldn't even come up to my waist. Tiny little tree. But on the reserve tree, for example, has gone my Arsenal baubles because they're not allowed anywhere near the main tree. That's not very nice, is it? No, it's not, is it? I thought, you know, not fair, not fair. Should be equality for trees. 100%. But the other thing that's gone up on the reserve tree is my coloured Christmas lights. You see, the main tree, it's all the lovely twinkly white ones. But on the on the reserve tree, it's what I think is an 80s staple. Your coloured Christmas lights, every single colour that you'd imagine. Colours of the rainbow. They're not allowed on the main tree these days. As far as I can tell, the, the reserve tree is just your stuff on it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much you gone own. that way, yeah. <laughs> Tinsel as well, that's another one. Tinsel's gone, man. I don't know what's happened to Tinsel. It's, it's got a p- bad PR over the past few years. It's been a mainstay of Christmas, like you say, from the 80s and then past few years has just disappeared. Think back to the 80s. What, what, for you, your childhood, what would have been part of an essential 80s Christmas for you? Three things that come to mind, right? First of all, prawn cocktail. Yeah. Always have prawn cocktail. Secondly, He-Man figure. Would have yes. had a He-Man figure. Yeah. Finally, Midnight Mass. Yes. And I feel bad that we don't, we don't do Midnight Mass anymore, but we used to always do Midnight Mass, uh, you know, on the eve of Christmas Eve and I everything. can agree with all of your three things here. I'm going to major on your first one. Prawn cocktail was the staple starter for Christmas. Oh, yeah, in the 80s. Well, you remember, I did it a couple of years ago. Went yeah. down a storm. People have just forgotten how good it is. Probably you could say the same thing for tinsel. It just needs a bit of a comeback. You don't see prawn cocktail getting advertised on any of these fancy supermarket adverts these days it's, for Christmas. It's not fair. It's, it's almost like they're, they're trying to, like, uh, block it out of our collective memories. It's not fair. What a great shout from Mitch, who's tweeted, colourful foil decorations that unfold and drape from corner to corner on the ceiling. Now, it's not tinsel. Uh-huh. I don't know what you call those things, but it's exactly what he's described. Looks like an accordion with loads of holes in it. Yes, Bush. Uh, the lovely Claire Sturgis, our very own Claire Sturgis, has, has tweeted us a photo. She says, we've gone full-on 80s Christmas with a tree in the garden, 600 multicoloured lights on this beauty. It's a beautiful thing. I think colour seems to be the, the theme that runs through the kind of 80s vibe. Joe says, here's a photo of my 80s tree, complete with tinsel, coloured lights and a mismatched bauble collection. I, I don't mean this in a bad way, Joe. Your Christmas tree looks like a police video of a 90s American crime scene. <laughs> 
Do you know what I mean? They all had this yes. kind of look of a house in the 90s. Yes, they did. In America. Chucking empty pillowcases as well. Dean's texted, this This resonates with my old 80s Christmases. All presents, for some reason, stuffed into an empty pillowcase. We never had stockings. I've never heard of that before in my That's life. That's taking it too far. Uh, Karen in Telford says, Tin ham, eating chocolate out of my selection box for breakfast, being awake all night on Christmas Eve with excitement, nativity at church every year. It's a great tweet here. Sweeping up broken baubles oh. as each year more glass ones would get smashed. Let one thing come out of this, dip back into the 80s nostalgia for Christmas. Tinsel should be allowed to make a comeback. I agree with you. It's unfair, isn't it? Something else that was massive in the 80s that Helen's identified here, but then slipped away, the electric knife to carve the turkey. I mean, I remember my granddad had one of those, <laughs> but I've not seen them in donkey's years. Maybe it's not a thing anymore. You get that in history, where tech comes along and thinks, I'm going to be amazing, by the way, and then just society goes, no, that's, that's rubbish, and it just, just ebbs away again. We go back to a standard knife. Where have all the electric carving knives gone? That's the question from <laughs> tonight's Home Time Show. Home Time at AbsoluteRadio.co.uk. Uh, Ro is uh, hanging on. 80s essential Christmas for you? Yeah, the Chris Dingle. Whatever happened to that? Who is Chris Dingle? Is he a bloke? I don't really know what it was, to be honest. We was carted off from school down to church and they gave us an orange with a candle stuck in it. Honestly, <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. Isn't it? <laughs> I think it's to do with Advent, if I remember rightly, but you don't hear of it anymore. Well, uh, let me just step up here. Got an email from the school just the other day. Oh, yeah. Inviting us to the Chris Dingle service. Does it explain what it is? Because I, I can't remember that from the nativity in the Bible. Well, I think Roe is right. You do go and take an orange and stick a candle in it. I think the orange is meant to represent the world. Oh. Are you having that, Roe? Yeah. yeah, well, I'd have to, wouldn't I, really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a religious person, so, I, you know, maybe I was just missing out on it. Well, I think you can tell the school they can stick someone else in their orange, to be honest with you. <laughs> Actually, maybe, maybe don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. But if there is anyone from the Chris Dingle Corporation who can uh, remind us uh, what exactly is the Chris Dingle, uh, hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. Cheers, Ro. No worries, kids. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Every Tuesday is a great Tuesday on this show because it's Toasty Tuesday. What we do is we channel our communal love of all things toasted in the sandwich world uh, and every Tuesday night we toast something different based on your brilliant recipe suggestions. So many have been coming in, so many lying ready waiting for us today as you get used to Toasty Tuesday. Stephen wants to put forward Donna Kebab meat. You having that in a toasty? Do you know what, right? I had a Donna Kebab over the weekend for yeah. the first time in ages, right? I think it'd be fantastic in a toasty. Well, he goes on. Donna kebab meat, mozzarella cheese, drizzled with chilli and garlic sauce. That sounds amazing. It's essentially just like pita bread. Sounds too bad, does it? It'd like being on holiday in the Mediterranean. John says, uh, John Mitchie says, uh, Mars bar toasty, surprisingly good dessert with ice cream. A lot of people actually have been, over the last couple of weeks, we've been saying about the sweet toasty. And uh uh, I think it's caught on. People have been suggesting some sweetened ones. Matt Davis putting forward golden syrup and cornflakes. Oh, no, I'm not sure about that. It's a health and safety risk due to the lava-like result, but it's lovely if you can take the third-degree burns. Lo- <laughs> uh, with great power comes great responsibility. The sting in the tail of that toasty. If you've got a suggestion of something that we need to toast, get involved now. It's Toasty Tuesday on Home Time. Uh, a bit of development as well. I mean, this, this feature over the last month or so that we've been... been 
been extolling toasties once again. Um, has really caught the imagination of a lot of people, including the good people at Crimpit. Uh, oh, right. They have sent us this toasty maker bush. Look at this. This is specifically for thins. So the idea is, you know... They like it in Finland then, do they? <laughs> thins. thins. You can put your thin, you know, very healthy kind of little product that's uh, on your grocery stores these days. Right, OK. Put your thin in there uh, and it, it, it crimps it all together. So you put the filling in much like you would. But then what you do is you put this crimp it machine in the toaster itself and then toast it. Well, you toast it inside the crimp it. You toast it inside the crimp it. That is amazing. It looks like a Grolsch bottle top. With it its does. kind of uh, wobbly edges. It does a little bit. I guess that's the crimping. Well, I like that. Well, should we give it a go? I um, think we should do that tonight. We, we're pushing boundaries here every week with Toasty Tuesday. What about the filling? Well, we've had so many votes from so many different people for the same combination of things. I just think we've just got to give in and go for it. If there's one thing we've learned from the uh, Big Coat Protocol earlier on, it's sometimes to listen to the public and just get on with it. <laughs> uh, loads of votes for Nutella and strawberries as a combination for sweet. Nutella and strawberries will christen our crimp it. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie here with Home Time and an experimental Toasty Tuesday using a piece of kit we've never used before. Yes, the crimp it. I may have gone wrong on yes. the instructions I gave earlier. Please do not put the actual crimp it device in the toaster itself. You use it to crimp the thins together and then you put it in the toaster. Do not put plastic in the toaster. So what we've done is we've, we've, uh, uh, we've got ourselves some of those little thins, those little tiny uh, thin slices of bread things or whatever pasted on a bit of nutella richie's chopped up some uh some um, strawberries you've crimped it yep. describe the crimping process it's kind of you were jumping up and down on it quite i was aggressively to put uh, all of my weight onto it and that's considerable crimping <laughs> shall i say it's quite a toaster it looks absolutely incredible looks like a pasty that's square and got holes in so it looks nothing like a pasty i'm gonna cut it and pass it to you i'm very impressed with the look that's Thank the main you. thing it looks like a big pop tart it does look like a oh my word mate this looks oh i can't wait I genuinely cannot wait. This looks absolutely incredible. And the best thing is, with every successful toasting that we do, the uh, egg debacle from a few weeks ago is further and further in the rearview mirror. Look at that. Look, Look at the innards of that beauty. Absolutely beautiful. I've never seen anyone slice strawberries the way that you were slicing them, but... Thank you. <laughs> right. Let's try it. using knife and fork. Using knife and fork. Come on. This is fine dining, mate. I'm just going to go straight for it. Right, it's top drawer, isn't it? Really good. Tried oh, wow. and tested flavours. Mmm. That's amazing. That crimpit device, they deserve to be a millionaire. Because up until, we were talking about the 80s earlier on, crimping was always doing weird stuff and making your hair like, like one of them chips. <laughs> this is taking crimping in a whole new direction. And of course Nutella and strawberry works. I mean, you weren't here for that suspense, were you? No, exactly. So another, another toasted sandwich and another winner. Thank you to everyone who's got involved. Crimpit.com. Get down there. This is the Daily Takeaway. Daily Takeaway.